love Christmas? Anybody love Christmas? You got people who are like, I, I can see the festive stuff. People are asking about when we're going to do the ugly sweater contest. Uh, we don't really do the ugly sweater contest anymore because one year someone's feelings got hurt when they won and they hadn't actually meant to enter. Uh, <laughs> boom, not really. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I love Christmas. I love the trees, the presents. I love eggnog lattes. Anyone? Yeah, yeah, I'm a black coffee, dark roast, espresso kind of guy, but this time of year I suck down more eggnog in the form of a latte than anyone ever should. Uh, <laughs> but hey, it's good. And that was the real reason it was hard for me to, you know, um, make weight a lot of times was the eggnog because uh, it is wrestling season two. But it's a busy season, right? It, it, I mean, you, you kind of like someone's like, hey, next week's the last Sunday um, Monica did before. And she's like, that next week's last Sunday before Christmas. I'm like, what? And I'm like, and even though like I'm, I'm you know, doing things Christmassy, you know, it really just kind of sneaks up on you. Uh, but it is. It's really busy seasons. And we don't in our tradition celebrate something called Advent. Um, you know, it's anyone cel grow up celebrating Advent with the different color candles and, you know, we, we'd have purple candles. Uh, <laughs> we have a pink candle. Uh, I think this week is the pink candle if you're at, I don't know. I don't understand the whole uh, thing, even though I've studied it. We don't really do it, but, but I do like the idea of Advent in that there's this preparation because as awesome as Christmas is, and a lot of the fun cultural stuff around Christmas. I like doing, right? I like, I like watching Charlie Brown Christmas. I like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And again, I remember when it was only on once a year and you better catch it. I, I love all that stuff, but really it kind of, it can be a blur and suddenly you miss the real meaning of Christmas and, and just the busyness of shopping and all those things. I do like the idea of, of slowing down because you know, at Christmas, the world seems to speed up, but we really need to take a moment to slow down, appreciate uh, the, the whole the whole meaning behind everything and uh, this is going to sound like a weird Christmas thing to bring up but hey welcome to deep water Dietrich Bonhoeffer anyone know Dietrich yeah a couple of you do maybe you don't I know you don't know him personally but uh, if, if you don't know his story he was in a Nazi prison uh, and uh, knew knew what it was to wait uh, and so he was waiting, he was in prison, and uh, he was hopeful for his release, and he wanted to see the ones he loved, he wanted to see his fiance. Uh, and from a Nazi prison, he wrote this, and I, I read this this week, it said, uh, life in prison cell may well be compared to Advent. One waits, hopes, and does this or that, or the other, things that are really of no consequence, but the door is shut and can only be opened from the outside. And so there's a waiting you're waiting for things to happen uh, in Christmas. And the people in the Christmas story, I think sometimes we miss, you know, they'd been waiting for a long time. The, the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, there, there's all these, you know, pointings to the Messiah is coming, Jesus is coming. But, you know, you could kind of sit down, and I think someone said you could read the whole Bible in like 40 hours straight or something, I forget. I don't know, it was something, 24 hours. Yeah, I mean, that, you're like, yeah, I couldn't read the whole thing in that time. But, you know, to actually read the text, it's, it doesn't take that long. But it took thousands of years to happen. And it's this long time, so there's this waiting, and we've been calling this series Tidings of Comfort and Joy, because of a verse in Luke 10 that says, the angel said to them, and we're going to get to this next week, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. Because the greatest story that ever is told is the Christmas story, and, it, and it's showing up, and, and so 
We're, we're beginning back a little bit before Jesus is born as Christmas season starts. In Luke chapter 1, starting verse 26, it says this. And this is, this is a familiar passage to many of you. If you've been around deep water a lot, I probably read part of it or allude to part of it every Christmas because it's Christmas. And so in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, uh, you know, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. So in the sixth month. Now, last week we told the story. Does anybody remember the story we told? Nobody. Oh, my gosh. This is terrible. No, nobody wants to say it. <laughs> uh, because you don't know if I, you, I'm going to like make you like recount it all in front of everyone. <laughs> but uh, there was the, the Zechariah and Elizabeth, older couple. You know, they, they were more like not just married with a, you know, cans dragging from a donkey. They, they were a little older. Uh, those, those times had passed. Angel shows up. Boom, your wife's going to get pregnant. He goes home. She gets pregnant. So now it's like six months into that. <laughs> and so this is the sixth month. Um, and it says, Gabriel appeared to her. And so kind of the Mary just, you know, the, the, the uh, angel Gabriel just shows up. And I always pick, you kind of picture what that's like. I mean, I don't know about you. I've never had an angel just show up, you know. And again, I always think of, because I'm, I'm a certain generation, I think of touched by angel and people just start glowing. But I think of one time I was working on electric and there was a big loud pop and a flash and I was disoriented. Anyone? <laughs> Some of you are electricians, so you know what I mean. That's kind of what I picture. I picture a pop and a flash Gabriel's there. I, it would be a little disorienting because suddenly someone else is there. Uh, and there's, a, uh, you know, it says this, confused and disturbed. Because people are never like, oh, cool, when an angel shows up. They're always like fearing, disturbed, confused, those kinds of things. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel said, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Uh, you know, it's uh, so, you know, a funny thing being a parent, if you're not one, uh, it'll be a parent. Uh, sorry, I heard a, uh, someone text me a dad joke yesterday. Um, when does a dad, when does a joke become a dad joke? When it becomes a parent? I guessed when, when does a dad joke become a dad joke? I said when I put it in my dado base, but, uh, you know, both anyway. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the funny thing about being a parent is, and we had this discussion uh, yesterday um, in, in the men's group, we were talking about some things. You know, we all want the best for our kids, right? And, and so if, 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 you know, if you grew up without stuff, you kind of want to give your kids that stuff, right? Or if you grew out without, so, you know, maybe, you know, like, you want to help your kids with this or that. Or if you did sports, it's like, I, you know, I try with, with sports, like, to have my kids avoid some of the things I did wrong. Uh, and so there's a lot of those things. And so we're, um, <laughs> and we're often at odds with our kids because they're choosing things other than we would do. But that's a whole other sermon for a whole other time. Uh, but we want the best for them. Now, God sending his son, if you were to send your son to uh, uh, your child off somewhere else, where would you send him? 
Well, I know a lot of you might be mad right now, so who knows what you're going to answer. But, you know, you would probably choose a place of abundance rather than like, I would like my kid to grow up poor, right? That would be great. You know, I, I want to put them in an unsafe neighbor. I want to put them in a tiny town. But, you know, God sends his son not to a big place, but it says this. It says God sends his son to Nazareth, a village in Galilee. Now, Nazareth, it's, it's funny because I read different sources and... Um, <laughs> when they try to like describe how big the town is i mean they have to say nazareth and galilee because like okay you might know where galilee is but you don't know where nazareth is it's kind of like if i say viola in delaware i always use viola because some of you who here actually knows where viola is Who's seen it on a sign and you kind of know it's in Delaware, but you're not sure? If you're from the, you don't, you're like, I don't know. And you could drive through Viola and not even know you were in Viola, right? And I don't know what the violins call themselves, but that's what I call them, violins. <laughs> anyway, uh, but <laughs> we actually had some people from <laughs> uh, Viola for a while. Uh, anyway, so, you know, it, it's this kind of thing. And so, you know, God, God sends them to this small town, and, you know, the, the population uh, uh, estimates were between 1,600 to, to 2,000 people, or a max about 480. Like, people just, we really don't know exactly how big the town was. This is like, for some of you, the size of your high school is the whole population <laughs> of, the, of this thing. Some of you went to high schools that were bigger than this. It, and so, it, it's this tiny thing. It's sentenced to Mary, who's possibly... Uh, you know, she, she's engaged to be married. She's possibly a teenager. This is like teen mom biblical version. Uh, maybe not, though, without the drama. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, she's like picture middle schooler, uh, <laughs> poor, and God is going to send ultimately Jesus through uh, her. You know, and it's a hard job raising kids. Um, I think it's a harder job if you're asking someone to raise the Son of God. And I've, if you read the rest of the story, they lost Jesus at least once in, the, in Jerusalem. I mean, I lose five bucks and I'm upset. Lose the Son of God. <laughs> you know, th that's a big no-no. Uh, anyway, uh, that's another story for another time. And, but in here, verse 34, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. You know, you know how can this happen? Uh, you know, I've been pure... Like, I, I know how this works, and it's funny because sometimes I, I see people on, you know, different uh, forums and stuff, and they're like, oh, those Christians, they believe, you know, babies just kind of, like, could just happen, and I'm like, no, we kind of know how it works. The, the whole point is, this is something outside of the normal thing. <laughs> uh, they were been pure, and, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, Mary's kind of asking how this be, and you remember Zechariah kind of asked a question that sounds similar? but maybe with a little different attitude. And Gabriel, we're going to see, acts a little differently here than he does with Zechariah. With, with Zechariah, what's he do? He's kind of, he's like, oh, you want a sign? I'll show you a sign. You're going to have to make signs. <laughs> you know, you gotta, and so, I don't know, I mean, it's not that Gabriel woke up on the wrong side of the cloud, you know, that morning and had a rough time with Zechariah, but, but it, it, Mary's, Mary's uh, question is a little more of the, you know, not that I don't believe this, give me a sign, but, you know, an explanation. I don't understand how is this going to happen because that's not normally the way these things happen. It says this, it says, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
Excuse me. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of God will never fail. And he's going to be called the Son of the Most High. Now, we can misunderstand that because I think in church circles, we talk about Jesus as the Son, right? But, you know, our sons are different than, than their sons. Like, some of us have sons. You know, so my, my son is sitting in the back. You know, my son is not me. You know, my kids, you know, sometimes they can look at my phone and unlock it, but they're still, they're different than me. Uh, <laughs> but the son, and we, when we, the things we know about Jesus is, you know, John 1, 1 says he was with God in the beginning. John 1, 3 says, through him all things were made. Uh, as we read in the book of Hebrews, he's the exact representation of God. You know, John 14, 9, Jesus said, if you have seen the Father, you have seen me. You know, he, he's not a son in the sense of a, a different, but he, he is God in the flesh as well. And Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. I am the Lord's servant. You know, despite all the consequences to Mary, Mary was willing. You think about it, because I think sometimes, again, we look at biblical characters and, and kind of, they're like sort of an other to us. Like, you kind of just think, well, they kind of did those things, and, you know, th they didn't have struggles and problems and, and, and things. But Mary had plans, right? She was, she was engaged to Joseph. Now, it, it, it's interesting because you'll also see that in, in Matthew that, you know, uh, that, you know, Joseph, when he hears about Mary being pregnant, thinks things happened in a natural course and she'd been unfaithful. And so he was like going to divorce her quietly. And so some of that, we don't understand their ancient customs. Like once you were betrothed, you had to have a divorce to break that off. You know, when we get engaged, you know, you get a, you get a, um, a ring, you know, and you, you're engaged. And a lot of couples come into me and they're, they're like excited about married, not being married. And, you know, they could, any time during the premarital counseling, they could split up, right? It's no big deal. I think in our culture, you generally give the ring back, those kind of things. There's all kinds of laws about that. But you can break up at any time, and you don't need, like, written paperwork, you know. Uh, you don't have to call in a notary public. We don't have to go down to, you know, well, we don't do city hall. We do, like, the Kent County building. We don't, we don't have to do those things. But in those days, they had to literally get a divorce. And so Mary was locked in, planning to be. Uh, she was engaged, so she was kind of, like, married, betrothed, but they hadn't come together yet, but she had her wedding plans, right? She, she was going to marry Joseph. She was going to have a nice little life in a simple town. You know, it's like homesteading back then. Uh, and so despite all the potential consequences too, because think about it, when Mary comes back with this story, oh, it's God's baby? Mm-hmm. <laughs> If someone came and told you that, would your first uh, inclination be, oh, that's amazing, right? <laughs> that doesn't happen often. No, in, in fact, <laughs> uh, you know, her whole life she might be called something up. Uh, you know, uh, uh, and Joseph, I mean, he could do math. He's like, well, we got married when? And nine months and minus. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and so we all have plans, and sometimes God changes them. And, and so Mary was willing to kind of let the plans change. To do what the father wanted. You've got to ask Mary to do something big. Um, there's a, you know, I, 
you know, we do the YouVersion event every week. It's like a little Bible app event, and you can pull up the scriptures. And if you're online, we posted that, that link earlier. And, and so you can kind of go through that. And uh, years ago, I was looking at one of the devotionals, and it really hit me, and I wrote this down. Well, I, I didn't write it down. I copied it and pasted it, and <laughs> now I have it saved somewhere. <laughs> but it says this. At times, it's talking about Mary. At times, she was likely overcome with joy for the life God had given her to nurture and shepherd. While at other times, she was likely overcome with fear, unworthiness, and uncertainty. Basically, Mary was just like us. And so Mary's given this big task to do, but she's willing to do it. You know, um, Mark 10.45 says this. It says, For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And, and so following Jesus means becoming a servant. Servant to what he wants us to do a servant to what God has for us. Uh, and sometimes he calls us to do things that are not, un they're not comfortable. Sometimes he calls you to places that, that, are, that are not easy. And sometimes, um, you know, it can be really difficult. Um, can you celebrate Christmas even when things don't look like you planned? Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, another, uh, you know, is it he wrote a letter to his fiancée, uh, and I don't know if I'll get this, Maria von Wiedemeyer, <laughs> December 1st, 1943. And he, he writes this. Again, he's in a Nazi prison cell. I think we're going to have an exceptionally good Christmas. The very fact that every outward circumstance precludes our making provision for it will show whether we can be content with what is truly essential. I used to be very fond of thinking up and buying presents, and now we have nothing to give. The gift God gave us in, <clears throat> to give. The gift God gave us in the birth of Christ will seem all the more glorious. The emptier our hands, the better we understand what Luther meant by his dying words. We are beggars, it's true. The poorer our quarters, the more clearly we have received that our hearts should be Christ's home on earth. Can you celebrate Christmas when things aren't holding out like you hoped? For those of you who don't know the rest of the story, he he doesn't die in that prison cell. They transfer him to a concentration camp where he's killed um, in the final days of the war. You know, and it's, it's hard for us to imagine somebody who can celebrate the joy of Christmas in that circumstance. Now, I'm not saying that all of us have to hard, have hard lives. I'm not saying we can't have Christmases and, you know, hopefully you get together for family dinners and have socks full of fun stuff and or whatever your Christmas <laughs> presents and traditions are. But, you know, ultimately Christmas is not about the stuff. We, I mean, you've also seen that in The Grinch. <laughs> but it, it, it's hard to wait for anything, you know. I, I think uh, there's times when you know, we're waiting for God to move, maybe waiting for God to change our circumstances, but it's like wrapped Christmas presents. Do you guys find it difficult to, do you put them under the tree? I hate that. That's so tempting because <laughs> all I want to do is unwrap them, right? It's, it's, it's hard to wait, and there's, but there's times where God is calling us to wait. There's times where, where you know, we have to celebrate uh, even when things are not the way we planned. Uh, in difficult times, you know, it's more about not, uh, it's, more, it's more about what than why. You know, what is God teaching me? You know, what, what, what is God doing through this? How can I love others through this? And in Christmas season, remember, real ordinary people did extraordinary things. 
When you give your ordinary to the one who's extraordinary, you can be content in all things. Romans 12 says this about our lives. And this is the message version. It says, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. When God will use your ordinary to do the extraordinary when, <laughs> when you give it to him. This Christmas season, remember <laughs> that, <laughs> that God cares for his people. He doesn't stay aloof. Ultimately, God is the king who comes to us, and we can hear his voice. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, this season, we remember that Jesus ultimately is the light, and he comes to bring light to the world. We have joy when we anticipate uh, all that God brings us at Christmas. You know, today we're going to celebrate communion. If you have the little cups, if you don't, uh, hold your hand up. Uh, we'll get it to you if you, if you want to take communion with us. Yeah, there's uh, we've got one in the back, I think, who's missing it. Dana, Dana will come around and grab it for you. Um, I, I will warn you, I have to pre-tear mine because I have fat fingers and I can't get to it when it's ready. So um, you, in, our, in our tradition, you don't have to... Um, you know, uh, take a certain class or be a member, uh, but it's, it's about being committed to following Jesus, so you're welcome to take communion with us. And communion, you know, ultimately the fulfillment we see at Christmas is the fulfillment of the long-awaited Messiah. They'd waited a long, long time. They waited 400 years in Egypt while they were, you know, in slavery there. And God brings them out, and he gives them this meal when they come out. And, you know, there's a lot of details around it, but it's, it, was this, the, 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 it was the sign of their deliverance. And they have this Passover meal. Uh, and so they, when they left Egypt, they celebrated this meal every year, you know, for hundreds of years after that waiting ultimately for the Messiah. Uh, 